Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast Owner's Morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever bought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Get your sign-up bonus for new accounts with a matched bet of up to £25. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Ireland. Horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome back to the show one of the best in the weighing room, Danny Mullins. Welcome back to Racing Live on Talksport 2. 
Thanks, Emmett. Yeah, it was great to be back on. Fantastic to talk to you. It was a great week, obviously a fantastic week for Ireland, but for you, your first Cheltenham winner came last year on Flooring Border in the Stairs Hurdle. To ride a front runner in the stairs and then go out and do it again is a very difficult thing to do and you pulled it off to perfection. It was a remarkable ride, so much so that you had Tony McCoy, Mick Fitzgerald and Ruby Wallace saying it was one of the best rides they'd ever seen at Cheltenham. Can you take me back to that moment when you crossed the line? Because this time, deservedly, you have a crowd, a packed crowd. What was that moment like when you crossed the line and know you've won the stairs hurdle for the second year in a row? That was great, you know, you're you're pulling up, uh, once you know you've won the race, like going to Cheltenham, I really fancied him, I thought he had a big chance, you know, it was a competitive race, but I really thought he was in good nick, uh, Gavin was happy with him in the lead up to the race, and, you know, just once you cross the line, you get to enjoy it. When you then get into the winner's enclosure, you're greeted by the owners who, uh, who haul you up and carry you around on their shoulders. I mean, that was just sensational to see on, on racing TV. Yeah, you know, the, the lads really got to enjoy it and that was very special for them. You know, they they thoroughly enjoyed last year, but to be there in the mix of it, you know, it's, uh, it's a fairy tale story as well for racing and it gives so many smaller syndicates and smaller owners the the inspiration that it can be done 100% just about flooring porter because Gavin Cromwell's season was a little bit off you could say earlier but maybe that was a either his stable was out of form or maybe it was a deliberate tactic to just peak his horses for Cheltenham um, because Gabianaco ran an absolute blinder in the Arkle. Uh, Vanillier doesn't really jump very well, but you know he got the place money anyway, um, and he produces Flooring Porter to, to do what he's done again. And this was this was new form lines. Like you had Time Hill, you had Champ, Classical Dream was in there who had beaten you controversially. Um, Song for Someone was was stepping up and trip, and he was a danger. Uh, Rikahala was was in the field, and yet you still come out on top. Um, so the fact that he's done it twice just proves what a monster horse he is, but also the talent that Gavin is, because he's now shown over and over again that he can train not just Cheltenham winners, but Cheltenham champions. Yeah, definitely. You know, Gavin's record at the Cheltenham Festival, it speaks for itself. You know, he's a top class trainer. And as you say, like, what a bit of training to peak them all for the festival. And, you know, in, in the weeks leading up to it, uh, any of the work that I'd written, I was I was fairly confident that all was going well. So, yeah, no credit to Gavin. And even Gavin bringing Florin Porter over a few days early, like that's fantastic foresight from him. Yeah, because then he gets to get used to the crowd and the atmosphere because that, I think, was a worry for some. It wasn't a worry for me at all. Uh, I thought he was one of the bankers of the week. And, yeah, I'll happily after time and say that. But, I mean, I'd, I'd said that to you on, on the final for long and on TalkSport 2 that I thought he was one of the most solid favourites. We've seen multiple winners of this race, like Barracuda, Big Bucks, of course, the most recent. What kind of a horse is Florian Porter? Because he's still young. Like, he's remarkably young. He's only seven. Yeah, he's only a seven-year-old. Like, he has all the potential to, to come back and do it again. But, you know, that's a, it's a very difficult thing to do. Like, to, to win two is fantastic and you know to be in a position where it could possibly be having a crack at it again next year that would be something remarkable to achieve and he deserves to be favored for that race i mean he is absolutely unquestionably the best stayer around um i presume it would be a similar preparation but do you feel that he needs to make the running or would you be happy to take a lead like would you change things if you felt is he adaptable 
I think he is. You know, Leperstown showed that he ran to a seriously high level. What happened in Leperstown is history, but you know, he he didn't make the run in that day, and I thought it was arguably a stronger line of form than when he won the stairs hurdle last year. So mm. I think he he's adaptable. You know, they'll I suppose next year everybody will be thinking they'll take him on and that and take him on from the front but I wouldn't worry about that once he gets into his rhythm going a nice gallop he'll be okay What about the buzz of winning a championship race for the second year in a row you've described it as one of the best days of your life Yeah you know it's uh, it's bang up there you know it's it, to be going to Cheltenham you know booked on favourites to ride that's every jockey's dream and you know thankfully he delivered and, and got the job done in, in great style on the day you know, that's that's what it's all about. Cheltenham is the place for jump jockeys and anyone involved in jump racing. And, you know, to to have a horse like Florin Porter, I'm just very lucky. Punches down next? I'd say not. Uh, he seems to be best going left-handed. So whether he runs again this year, I'm not sure. I, I'd say Gavin will come home, sit down and just have a think about things there. You know, if he was going to go again, I'd imagine he'd appear on the left-handed track. Uh, an entry is coming too quick as well, so that may be France. Could be in the mix, but you know, like you'd have to you'd have to look at it, but at the same time, you know, Gavin will be thinking forward towards next year and see what fits in before then. And that legacy is there now. You can't take away two stairs hurdles, but there is the big box four that has to be in, in the mindset. So do you think about that? Um, no, you know, that's that's a long way away. You know, they're, they're animals. It's to, to have a horse winning four years in a row at Cheltenham, that's an unbelievable achievement. And, and big box was very good. Uh, I suppose he had a different running style to Floor and Porter, uh, but uh, I think uh, you know we'll we'll enjoy this year and hopefully make it back there again next year. We won't think that's next year's a long way away already, so that's even a bit far ahead to be thinking of. We'll just enjoy this for now. Well, it was one of the rides of the week, mate. It was absolutely sensational, and I was so pleased for you that you were able to wave to the crowd as you're crossing the line. Such was the the ease of victory, like two and three quarter lengths over a staying distance is, is some margin of victory when you've made all the running. It was almost like Frankie Dettori on the flat, how you dictated the pace. You teed them all up, and then once you come from the final turn, as there's horses starting to swarm you, all of a sudden you just go sport mode and you just take off <laughs> they couldn't live with you it was just a, it was a piece of genius yeah you know from from the top of the hill I was quite happy all the way down it I, I could hear them closing up on my heels and you know I, I knew I'd gone a good gallop early so once I was able to decay the way I wanted uh, I was happy enough that I'd always have a little bit more in reserve talk to me briefly about Tornado Flyer it didn't go to plan in, in the Gold Cup was it just the way the race was run uh, he just never really seemed to get into a rhythm you know he he, he really warmed into the race nicely in Kempton and was just uh, always maybe on the back foot in Cheltenham and you know he's had some good runs around Cheltenham before so you couldn't uh, you couldn't blame the track so maybe just not his day but you know he's a King George winner and I'm sure he'll be back again for more yeah maybe punches down for him and um, I'm, I'm sure you'll be on board as well uh, Ilay Tomp I thought ran an absolute blinder in the triumph yeah ran a great race just ran too keen you know and to be still in the mix of her long and a half down after running that keen still a very good run I, I'd imagine he'll probably go back for a crack at Punchestown again and you know he's he's only a baby still he's learning every time so you know his jumping was fantastic in Cheltenham he brushed that up so much from 
Leopardstown, but you know, just uh, ran that bit keen. We'll we'll probably be be trying to switch him off. I'd say a bit more the next day, and he's still a horse with a nice future. And if he finishes second to Vaughan, the great thing is he's still a novice, so he could come back for the Supreme Novices next season. Yeah, you know, he's he's shown that he's a horse with that level of talent. So you know, him uh, if he wins in Punchestown. I'd say it'd be great and uh, if not he, he would be a novice for next year and, and Willie's done it before with Let's Dance who was placed in the triumph she came back to, to win the Mayor's Novice the following year in Cheltenham so you know those options will be there but I'd say the main target would be trying to win in Punchestown first if Willie decides to go there I still think he's a very exciting horse and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a massive race there at Punchestown um, just overall as a Mullins uh, like what Willie did, uh, Gordon set the record in 2018 with eight winners. Willie matches that and then surpasses it. And not only that, with 10, he has five winners on Gold Cup Day as it's a clean sweep for Ireland as we take every single race. What was that feeling like? I mean, to, to be a Mullins and, and to be a Cheltenham and to just see your colleagues, your family, your friends dominate. What, what was that feeling like on, on Gold Cup Day? That was fantastic. You know, Willie goes to Cheltenham every year and, and, puts on a, a great show, you know, his preparation of horses for the big stage is unquestionably the best. And, you know, to be just uh, following along, it's been a little tugboat behind that big operation. You learn so much and hopefully at some stage in the future we'll be able to put it to good use. And if there was one horse that you would have loved to have ridden at Cheltenham, who won, who would it be? Uh, you'd have to say Honeysuckle, you know, she's been very good all through her career. She never wins that fancy, but, you know, she just keeps winning. It's a great habit to have in racing, and, you know, uh, she's won. I think they'll all be coming to take her on next year, but they have to do it to go and beat her yet. Yeah, and what will be her final season on the track and what a mare she is. And on that bombshell, Danny, uh, congratulations. I'm absolutely thrilled for you, and I can tell you that the Racing Live TalkSport 2 listeners and the Final Furlong Podcast listeners are buzzing for you as well. You're one of our favourite guests. Well done, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Stay safe. Thanks, million, Emmett. Thank you. God bless. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Once again, making history, it is great to speak to the legend that is Henry de Bromhead. Henry, welcome back to Racing Live on TalkSport 2. Thanks very much. History begins with Honeysuckle, and I'll just go straight into the announcement that you've recently made. Next season will be her final season in training. It's great that you've made this announcement already. So one last season, a bid to join the greats by winning a third champion hurdle, which would emulate Istabrak, Persian War, see you then. To announce it now before Punchestown, I think is a really clever thing to do because it takes the inevitable pressure off you. Yeah, to be honest, it wasn't me. It was Peter Maloney actually said it. So um, yeah, um, we... Uh, so, like, that's it. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, as you say, um, for all those reasons, it's it seems uh, a, a good uh, good thing to do. I was I was telling him, would he, I was asking, would he not race her on until she was twelve or thirteen? But uh, but sadly not. Sadly not. When she wins her third, please God, maybe you can yeah, sweet talk yeah, around. But. The point to make is that mares do start to think about their life in the paddock. That happened with Quivega. It was a high-profile thing with Apple's Jade. But she hasn't shown any signs of that. She's now 15 from 15 under rules, 16 if you include her point-to-point. No horse has been able to beat her. So the truth is out there. She is the best that we have seen of her generation. Yeah, well, look, she, she's done pretty well. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we think she is. She, she's done incredibly well. And, and as you say, she's unbeaten. Yeah, look, she's been brilliant for us and uh, we just feel very lucky to have her. The race didn't exactly go to plan, I would say, and yet Rachel always had the confidence in that it was a bit of a a muddling pace and it it clearly affected some of her rivals. And this was a a champion hurdle that was having a lot of new form lines. Like You were taking on Epitant again uh, and Epitant was very much back in form and Nicky was talking her up and his horses ran great at Cheltenham, but you were taking on the likes of uh, Appreciated, Adagio, Tommy's Oscar, Tia Like These were new form lines coming into the race some of those horses connections may say they were inconvenienced but honeysuckle would have been inconvenienced as well and yet rachel rode her with that supreme confidence that she has in, in the mare that she just knew she was going to win and you could tell she was going to win from from quite a long way out despite the way the race was being run yeah rachel was brilliant on her um yeah look it seems no matter what way um the races are run you know um so far she seems to always be able to, you know, uh, win them. Uh, obviously, at Punchestown last year, they absolutely flew. Um, I'd say Cheltenham last year, they went a really good gallop. I thought, I thought the way the ground was this year, it did bring Epton much more into play. You know, she seems much better on better grounds. Um, and um, and it seems that Old Town End got, got a hold of the race and, and was able to, you know, dictate. So, um, yeah, I thought she was, um, look, as ever, she was brilliant in, in how she did it. Rachel was brilliant on her. And, um, yeah, it just shows her class. Did Matt Chapman come up to you afterwards and apologize? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. He sent me a text to say, well done. Look, it's great, you know, to have a bit of fun. Um, yeah, you know, um, that's his opinion and everyone's entitled to their opinions, you know, so, I mean, I, I think what I was trying to sort of get across was, it's, you know, obviously they need a lot of ability, but it's soundness, it's 
attitude. It's there's so much more as well. You know, she's able to turn up every time when we want her. Yeah. Um, I think the only race touch wood. I hope I'm not tempting fate by saying this that we had to miss was the mare's novice hurdle uh, when she was a five-year-old. She got a bit of ringworm. You know, if, um, it's like, so that's just testament to her soundness and her toughness that, that she, you know, there's not many horses that, that do that. And um, these are all attributes that make her what she is. Yeah, I could understand the argument, and indeed it was one that we made ourselves. Uh, my view on it was, you can't beat honeysuckle, so look elsewhere in the without market. And that's how I was a- approaching it. But I certainly wasn't saying, oh, she's beaten nothing. I mean, how you can say that just is, is beyond me, and I thought you handled it really well with Lydia on Racing TV, and I love the tweet as well. Um, uh, interesting that he texted you and didn't go up to you and, and shake your hand and say, well done. But... Um, <laughs> And, and he obviously hasn't gone into the box with her. We all, we all, <laughs> we all know Matt long enough now. Yes, so, uh, yes, we do. Yes, yeah. we do. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. it was yeah. um, it was an Irish one, two, three, four as well. And look, there's been a lot of talk about Constitution Hill. Uh, we reviewed the race yesterday. The way I, I look at that is, and I'm not taking anything away from Nikki, Michael Buckley, Nico, or Constitution Hill, but everything that could have gone right did go right for him whereas everything that arguably could have gone wrong for Honeysuckle did. And when you're using time comparisons, it's great for race analysis, post-race analysis, but it doesn't make sense to come out like Dan Barber did and say, well, if Constitution Hill ran in the champion hurdle, he'd have won it. It was a completely different race that, uh, that played out in a completely different way. And are you a bit perplexed that Constitution Hill, who has never run in open company may tackle you at Punchestown, although I suspect Nicky doesn't really want to do that, but we'll see how that goes. Um, are you of the... Are you a bit perplexed that Constitution Hill is favourite for the champion hurdle and not the three-time Cheltenham Festival winner and dual champion hurdle winner, Honeysuckle? Uh, sure, I'm not really sure it always happens like that, doesn't it? You know, in fairness, he was really impressive. Um... Uh, you know, his times are amazing. But I mean, the what you know, times, times are interesting. Like if I had a formula of um, timing races that could tell me if horses could win certain races, I, I wouldn't be uh, printing it in the newspapers. I'd be sitting in a, <laughs> in my own hotel somewhere in the world backing horses that, you know, were, you know, backing horses that with my timing formula uh, were certainties, you know, if, if I had that system. But, you know, that doesn't exist. So anyone who's, you know, time is, yeah, they're great. But as you say, it, it doesn't give you the black and white answer that, you know, that's crazy, you know, because, for, you know, just for example, our mayor, would love, uh, would have loved a really fast run race. You know, she'd love it because mm. she can use her high cruising speed and then kick off it as well. So I'm not saying, you know, that Constitution, I, I, you know, he could easily beat us. I, I have no idea. But I don't think anyone can say whether they can or they can't. They ran in two completely different races, like you say. And as I say, if, if timing a race 
could tell you, well, you know, everyone buying the pointer pointers uh, would use their system to time the race, and you know, the fastest race would be the one, the best pointer pointer, you know, and and like so, and also. Like I say, if, if I had a foolproof way of timing races and I knew what horses would win one, what races, which races, I'd be an extremely wealthy man and I certainly wouldn't be stupid enough to tell everybody else <laughs> what horse was going to win the race. So, do you know what I mean? These guys are paid to, you know, so like that that would that would be my view on it anyhow yeah, yeah i i think it's just another weapon in in the arsenal of it's great it's it's all absolutely it's all information that everyone can utilize but i think but you nothing i think you've explained it black and yeah exactly you've explained it perfectly and the, there was an american called andy is an american called andy Barr, and uh just basically when he couldn't get his bets on anymore he he just published uh, came out and published his his speed figures, and he was he was making millions from that. But the market really the well, mar- there you go. But the market yeah. adjusted. You know, that, that's the thing is that even a a, a paramutual a tote adjusted to what Andy Byers' speed figures were doing when he started to publish them. So you couldn't make money off off those figures anymore because if you just backed them blind, um, you'll you'll lose in, in the long run. So yeah. Look, Time, right. time form, yeah. pro form, racing post ratings, official ratings. It's an opinion. It's it's an opinion of, exactly. of what an individual exactly. has come up with on the day. And sometimes we just get a bit hyped about it. Um, but your horse is now 15 from 15. Is Punchestown on the agenda? Oh, yeah, very much so. Hopefully we'll get her there and in good shape. And, yeah, look, she seems in mighty form since the race um, and yeah we're looking forward to getting her there you know we only get to run her you know we only run her four times a year so yeah it's always exciting when when, when we're when we're you know we, we've got a you know we're getting to run her and obviously fairly apprehensive as well but it's great yeah and it works for Willie Mullins Henry and I set that template with best mates so why not stick to a, a winning formula uh, going into Cheltenham your form was a bit mixed um, and, and certainly wouldn't have been what you would have expected uh, around Christmas time. Like a Plutard was devastating at Haydock and then there just seemed to be a bit of a, a downward trajectory. Was that just a pure accident that something wasn't right within the stable or was it almost a plan to peak your horses for spring and to have them right for the DRF and Cheltenham? Um, no, it definitely... Um was I mean, we were probably aiming for slightly later in the season, yes. Uh, and then the ground, but I was definitely aiming for Christmas. But then the ground being so good um, stopped us running a lot of horses in November as well. So suddenly you have a backup uh, and everyone does, you know, so Willie, Gordon, everybody. And... Um, I'm not sure what happens at Christmas. Like I, I would have said, if Abdutard was, if, if he had won, which he quite possibly could have. Like I know Rachel was kicking herself afterwards, but she just felt she made too much use of him. Hence her, her really, you know, patient tactics in the Gold Cup. She was livid with herself. I know that. 
So if he had won, and there were definitely three others that should have won, not could have won, you know, we'd have had two grade one winners and eight winners, and everyone would have said we had a great Christmas. So, you know, I think you get that, and this season's been a bit like that, but maybe that's because the horses haven't been in top form, you know? Um, maybe that's why. I, I, I don't know. Um, we would often go quiet January, February, March time on real heavy ground. Um, it's never, you know, bar our horses actually handle it, we probably just don't excel on it, you know? Um, so, um, but obviously then we were under such scrutiny, uh, you know, it, it, everyone was commenting on it. So um, that, that was sort of my, our read of it. Um, but you can never be in denial, you know, because if you are, that's the time when something will have, will, will have gone wrong or be going wrong. So we were doing all our tests all the way through. And, you know, we actually learned a lot of things, which hopefully will benefit us in the future. But we actually didn't find anything that we felt was, oh, Eureka, there's the problem. We'll just tweak that and off we go. Yeah, but it's interesting. We, we, we learned a lot again. You know, you're, you know, you're always learning. Yeah. Every trainer and every better would agree with you. Every broadcaster as well on that. We're constantly learning. I couldn't have had Manila Indo on my mind for the Gold Cup. And he looked all set to win it. Uh, until under an incredible ride, Rachel appears with a Plutard. And for the second year in a row, you've trained the champion hurdle winner and you've trained the first and second in the Gold Cup, this time the other way around. And a Plutard was comprehensive. And again, you had new form lines in here with uh, Asterian Falange and Galvin. And it was a very different race to last year in that you didn't have Native River and Kemboy towing along and setting such a really strong gallop. It was a more sedate pace. And that ride from Rachel was just absolutely superb. It was along with, with Danny Mullins on Flooring Porter with one of the rides of the week. You must have been ecstatic with both horses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, delighted. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way Abutar finished on up the hill was incredible. The way Rachel Rodham was so brave. You know, she said she was going to do something like that. I didn't think she was going to be that ballsy, but fair play to her. You know, so it, it was. It was an incredible ride. And she just said she was so. She was. I, I didn't think she made any mistake last year in the Gold Cup, but anyhow, she seemed to think she did. And um, and then she was incensed uh, after Leopardstown at Christmas. So that was it. She said it to me about three weeks ago and said, that's cool. What Whatever you want to do. If she had told me she was going to be behind seven horses <laughs> turning into this trade, I might have sort of said, "Well, okay." That's, uh, but anyhow, um, she didn't, and I don't. I'm not sure she expected to be, but uh, look, she was brilliant, and she could have come wide and come sooner. In fairness to her, so you know, that's that's what she decided to do. And someone said he covered his last furlong in something like 14 seconds. 14 point something seconds mm. whereas everything else I think Indo was 17.4 uh, Protector at 17.1 or something like that anyhow so like it was just incredible what he did she had the way he finished out that race but it was like he was only dropped into the race sort of jumped in the third last nearly you know it was, it was an amazing ride and thought Robbie was brilliant on Indo you know he, he gave away no grounds he was um, he kicked on he got some tremendous jumps out of him got himself into a brilliant position coming down the hill the only thing with Indo is he just didn't seem to finish it out like like he, he normally would yeah 
so we're just going to check him out as well and just make sure there's nothing there. But, you know, he, he ran the last furlong very similar to all the horses behind him, you know. So as much as he looked like he was, he, he did tie up a bit, he was very similar to the horses um, behind him. They're all similar, similar figures. He really is something special, uh, Plutard, and, and obviously Rachel is very special as well, and she was given a... It's quite remarkable that you don't take a day off. She rocks up after Friday to Thurless on Saturday, her, her local track, and is mobbed like a rock star to the point that not even her mother could get to see her. Her mother had to queue to get to, to meet up with her um, and, really, and give, her, give really. her a hug, which is yeah. which is amazing. And, and Rachel did what Rachel does. One ride, and she wins. I mean, tactically, uh, I've said I said it to you last year. I've I've said it on the final furlong. I've said it on Talksport too. I I think she's the best in the weighing room. How she thinks about races, her tactical positioning, and the partnership that you both have. She really is different gravy. But so are you. What did it mean to you and your family and the entire De Bromhead team to win the Champion Hurdle and the Gold Cup again? You know, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's just stuff you dream of doing, you know, um, it, like to have everyone there was incredible. You know, do you know one thing, one, one regret, well, it, but weren't, weren't we so lucky that it was able to go ahead, but you know, horses that had won last year, when you hear it and didn't win this year, when you hear the roar, when you're coming in, you just yeah, you know, it's just, it's just such a shame they didn't get to taste that, you know. Yeah. Um, but the other side of that was, weren't we lucky that it went ahead last year? And you know, we're, we're like we, they they still won their respective races. Yeah, it was amazing. It was unbelievable you know, to have all our family and friends, and I'm sure Rachel with all her family and all the Thompsons there and Maloney's within though. Like it was, it was brilliant, you know. And, and um, it's just. Yeah, an incredible week. We said if we could do, like, last year was ridiculous. So we said if we could do half as well as last year, we'd be going well. So, look, we got our, we got three winners anyhow, which was great. And one of those three was Bob Ollinger, uh, who I, I thought yeah. you were so classy in your winning interview with Lydia on Racing TV that you don't want to win a race like that. And you also said that you never thought you would see any horse do to Bob Ollinger what Gallop on Champ was in the process of doing. The history records will show that you've won the, the Turner's Novice Chase and he's clearly a very high-class horse, but so too is Gallopon, who poor Willie Mullins and David Casey, by the way, were watching the big screen and it glitched. So he jumps the last and he jumps the last fine and then the landing gear just yeah, slips. that's right. I turned away when he jumped. Yeah, and, and they didn't, yeah I turned away. And, and, and they it. didn't know. They, they thought, they, they just heard the groans from the crowd and we're like, what? What's going on? How is Bob Ollinger and, and what did it feel like to get back-to-back wins at Cheltenham with him? Yeah, look, it, well, it was great. It was great he won. You know, um, that interview with Lydia was before I spoke to Rachel. You know, she she came in. She's adamant uh, he wasn't right. Mm. Um, we're running a lot of checks on him there at the moment. There's a couple of little things that um, have... Um, that are coming to light so you know we'll know more hopefully within the next week or so and uh we feel strongly that wasn't him um and uh yeah we'll get him back on my back right again and uh we yeah, look forward to uh trying to take on Gallup and Deschamps again and tell me something girl was in the process of running a massive race when she was unfortunately brought down thankfully she's okay uh, journey with me yeah. was at least going to place when he came down at the last um, 
uh, Envoy Land ran an absolute stormer for you in, in the champion chase to finish third. But when you look back on Cheltenham 2022, what is the highlight for Henry de Bromhead? Oh, sure. Look, it's, it's just, you know what? It's, it's the whole, I mean, I, I hate sort of, sort of saying one particular thing. It's, it's, um, so I, I wouldn't like to pinpoint, you know, it's the, it's the whole thing, you know, it's just going there um, uh, with, with a, um, a great team of horses and coming out with some, some great results and they're all back in one piece and, you know, we, we, we get to go again and, you know, so just the whole picture really, it's, it's incredible. We feel very lucky to be involved in it all and to have the horses we have, that's sort of, our highlight to be honest yeah and that's 18 Cheltenham Festival winners for you now that's mad you know I'm starting training I couldn't believe I'd get one you know so like it's incredible yeah but again it's and I say it it's testament to everyone working with us and all the people supporting us you know like uh, and obviously Rachel and any and Aiden all, all the other jockeys Jack everybody who's you know it's like it's uh yeah, you're just um, part of, of um, a team and, and, and that's it. You're a phenomenal trainer. The results speak for themselves. The dynamic you have with, with Rachel is incredible. We're incredibly lucky that we have uh, Rachel as an ambassador for the sport. Uh, it, it's not a case of that she's... I know she's made history as the first female jockey to win the Gold Cup, but it's not about gender. Rachel Blackmore's not a female jockey. She's a champion jockey. She's just out of this world and uh, you're a world-class trainer and uh, and a world-class speaker as well, by the way. So I uh, very much look forward to chatting <laughs> to you in the, in the build-up danger. Well. I think I might have to get it. I, maybe I'll get you to ring me every morning. <laughs> that, that's a real feel-good factor. Uh, yeah. That can be your new ringtone. We'll, we'll get Ross to, yeah. to cut that up and send it to you. Um, but no, we'll talk to you, please God, in the build-up to Aintree and uh, Manila Times. Uh, going for for back to back Grand Nationals, but congratulations on a terrific Cheltenham. Uh, and just one last question for you: being there, winning the Gold Cup, but an Irish clean sweep on Gold Cup day. What was that atmosphere like as the fields of Athen Rye blasted out from the stands? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, the atmosphere was just unreal there. Like it was, um, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those. Uh, yeah. Just like one of those great days. It's great, great four days. You know, it's just incredible. The whole thing, you know, the buzz, or the the reaction Honey got when she came in to the into the winners' enclosure. Like, it, just the whole thing was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, very lucky to be part of it. Henry, a pleasure speaking to you as always, and look forward to talking to you again on Talksport Two. Be safe. Thanks a million. Thank you. Good luck. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast Owner's Morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever 
overbought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Get your sign-up bonus for new accounts with a match bet of up to £25. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.